What is it like being the lead developer on a large open source project or a lead advisor, at least, on a large open source project? Well, we've picked kind of the biggest one for today's episode. We're interviewing the lead for security of WordPress, Aaron Campbell. My name is Jonathan Cottrell. You're listening to Developer T. My goal on this show is to provide you with the information and the inspiration that you need, the coaching that you need as a developer to become the great developer that I know that you want to be. Today we're talking about security, we're talking about WordPress, we're talking about open source, tons of fantastic information uh, coming from Aaron. We did this interview live uh, at Squares, not live in front of an audience, but uh, we did it in person at Squares Conference in Grapevine, Texas, just a few weeks ago. Uh, if you haven't checked out Squares, I recommend that you check it out when it's coming up next year, uh, around the same time in April uh, of 2018, most likely. Let's get straight into this interview with Aaron Campbell. So I'm at Squares with Aaron Campbell. Aaron was kind enough to stay after one of the panels. I'm sorry, not a panel, uh, a workshop with me here and uh, do a quick interview. And I'm, I'm really excited to talk. We have dinner coming up after this. So it was very nice of him to stop and, and hang out with me. Uh, Aaron, you are the, uh, I'm reading this directly from your GitHub right in front of you, but uh, the core security team lead at WordPress, yep. but WordPress isn't like a place. How is this possible? It, it's not a company. What is, how is this possible? Tell us a little bit about what you do there. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess that that's an interesting thing to, to hold a position in sort of an, an organization that doesn't have a company behind it. Um, but I'm actually funded by GoDaddy, so I, I'm employed by GoDaddy, but work full-time as the WordPress core security team lead. So they donate my time fully to WordPress to help pushing ahead that project, and um, security is the area that I do that in. Very interesting. So what is a typical day as a WordPress security expert, the lead of this team? What, what does a typical day look like for you? You know, that varies a lot, um, but a lot of what I do is processing uh, incoming security reports that we get either through our security at wordpress.org email address or more recently through our HackerOne profile that we just launched, um, triaging them, finding out what's uh, what actually needs attention and then getting the right person's attention to that because we ha we have a whole team. Mm -hmm. uh, there's about 50 of us on the security team. Um, but, you know, everybody kind of has their own specialties. And so I sort of triage and, and push stuff off to the right people. Yeah. So I, this is what I find so interesting about your position. For developers, we're talking about the security of WordPress, which is notoriously in the past has been attacked by people, right? And we're talking about a company that a lot of people, you know, for, for better or for worse, have had poor experiences with in the past. So you're in this really contentious position of, of kind of like the donated time open source developer for GoDaddy working on security for WordPress. I find that such an interesting position. Uh, so, so I, I really like want to dive into, so for, for that day to day 
trying are you actually working with the core code or are you mostly you know trying to come up with ways are, are you solving actual pro like direct problems or are you directing teams how is that actually working so since i took over the security team i've actually spent less time in the wordpress code you know making changes and whatnot uh, but I still spend quite a bit of time around it. Every time that the reports come in, you know, you have to go through and test them. You can't just assume that something is valid or, you know, that it's not. You have to go through and try to reproduce based on their steps. A lot of times that involves getting into the code and looking through and, and seeing where the various security steps are taken to make sure that there wasn't actually some way around that that you hadn't thought of before those kinds of things yeah um, but mostly it's interacting with people um, and uh, sort of running the team and sometimes running the security releases as well very interesting so there's a couple of things that i want to ask you more specifically about one is that the hacker one profile we'll talk about that in a second uh, the other thing that I want to ask you, and, and maybe we can leave this to the more towards the end, but what are some of the most common mistakes uh, uh, that a that WordPress developer or someone who is relatively uneducated about web development, they're getting into web development, and they start you know building a WordPress site. As a web developer, I know a lot of people have attacked WordPress. Um, but usually, uh, in my experience, at least it's been something that is totally unrelated to core and it's usually like a plugin or uh, maybe a, a, the default settings on a, on a given server stack that weren't set up properly or whatever it is, is out of date software. Uh, so I'd love to talk about that in a minute, but first tell me a little bit about hacker one. Yeah. So hacker one's an, an interesting tool that we've really just, uh, just finished moving to, it's a place for security researchers. A lot of people uh, get a little confused around the term hacker, which in, in this case, it's definitely talking about people that are uh, penetration testing, people that are still reporting responsibly um, rather than, than just making their findings public or exploiting them. Uh, but it's a, it's a system that lots of companies and projects are starting to use that lets those security researchers report the vulnerabilities to you in a safe and secure way, lets you interact with them throughout the process, talking back and forth, even sending them um, code to test to make sure that uh, it, it blocks all of the things that they had found um, those kinds of things. And it also allows us to have a bounty program, which lets us um, pay not massive amounts, but pay rewards to people for disclosing these things responsibly to us. Because the security of WordPress is really important um, to, to us specifically, but to lots and lots of people. Uh, so we want to make sure that we have a system in place to sort of reward that good behavior. Sure. Yeah. And, and I'm looking at it now. I, I can't believe I had no, uh, percept. I, I, this is so outside of my normal kind of day-to-day -day work. Um, but hacker one is actually, it is a platform, right? Mm -hmm. So, but you are, you've created a profile on hacker one, right? So okay. now at hackerone.com slash WordPress, you can report security vulnerabilities 
uh, about all of our properties, which include WordPress and BuddyPress and BB Press and WPCLI. It also includes the actual WordPress.org website, the WordCamp websites, um, all of all of our properties. Very cool. And it it looks like uh, people have already been uh, rewarded, and there's been some people who are resolving reports as as long as a couple months ago. Yeah. But this is just recently uh, kind of becoming a public thing, right? We ran it as a as a private profile for a little while, inviting. Um, people who were already reporting issues to us, inviting them to that, testing it, getting it set up, working through the kinks, making sure that as we switched to it, that we were um, prepared to to handle all of the the reports through there. Uh, which was it was really good that we did that because mm-hmm. when we did go live with it, um, we got a very large volume of reports very quickly. Um, and so having already gotten ourselves used to the process there and stuff was was really important so that we didn't end up drowning right after yeah, yeah. right after going public with it. Yeah. You know, I, I interviewed uh, Andrew Norcross about uh, some of the work that he's done on WordPress and with the agency work that he's done in the past. Uh, we discussed in, in pretty long detail, you know, some of these same questions of as a developer coming, you know, Coming from a long WordPress background, I have maybe a maybe a over the top tendency to uh, to defend it. Uh, but I'd love to know, you know, this stigma is is unfounded. Generally speaking, there have been problems, but uh, a lot of that, at least from what I understand, a lot of it can be attributed to the fact that WordPress is is quite honestly just very popular, and so you're going to have a lot more attention on WordPress. And a lot more of a reason for it to be hacked, right? If, right. if it's a so, much smaller thing, then it's not going to be hacked as as often. At this point, WordPress powers a little over twenty seven percent of the internet, which means that we have a big target on our back. Um, if you're trying to compromise sites, uh, especially by volume, which is a very common thing now, scripted attacks that attempt to compromise. Many, many sites, even if they're small, um, just to put up some ads and and make a a couple bucks off each one. Um, WordPress is definitely the thing you want to target to do that because, you know, more than one in every four websites that you find is going to be running WordPress. And many of those are running out of date versions um, and those kinds of things. And so, yeah, we definitely have more of a target on our back than than pretty much any other CMS. And so we've been very targeted, but at the same time, uh, I think that we run a uh we run a really good team around security and we've really done a lot in all along to keep WordPress itself secure. Something mm-hmm. that you mentioned was could it be an issue outside of core plugins, themes, those kinds of things? Um, and that's extremely common. Unfortunately, no one uses WordPress just by itself. The WordPress mm-hmm. that they use is some combination of WordPress and a theme and plugins, likely by third-party developers or companies. Um, but when 
something happens when there's some sort of security issue, to them, it's just WordPress. And yeah. we were recognizing that and we're actually, as a security team, trying to push out a little bit more. Um, and our plan is over the next year or two to start bringing some of the bigger, more popular plugins in under our umbrella so mm -hmm. that our security team can um, ha basically help take care of the security of some of those plugins yeah. and try to slowly expand that out so that even though those aren't ours, we're still doing everything that we can to keep our users secure. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's an inter or a, a, a ecosystem, right? I mean, when you, when you have a platform like WordPress that is so highly dependent or not dependent necessarily, but so highly codependent with these other, uh, these other plugins, um, the security of, of, for example, advanced custom fields has a massive impact on the security of WordPress, um, or at least uh, practically speaking, the sites that are running WordPress, you're going to have a larger impact uh, on, on security for the, the overall number. Exactly. And, and there are a lot of big plugins like that as you look at you know, Jetpack and some of these that are um, just, they have a, a huge percentage of users that are using them. And we, we want to make sure that that's that all of those users are secure as well. And it's um, it's an interesting take to try to push out from just securing this one chunk of software that we really have kind of total control over mm -hmm. to trying to help secure other software that we have a little bit less control over. But it's not completely unprecedented. We've worked with a lot of plugin authors in the past, we're just trying to to take a more active role in that, um, and potentially, uh, we may even start adding some of those to our Hacker One yeah. as something that you can report directly to us. Sure, yeah, and because if you if you think about it, there are if you're a WordPress developer listening to this to this episode right now, you can probably think of two or three plugins that, like almost before you get started, you go ahead and throw those in there, right? Uh, I know that the multiple thumbnails, very, very simple example. Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's nothing really, uh, there's not like a huge business behind multiple thumbnail plugins, right? Uh, necessarily, but that plugin is so commonly available or so commonly used. And it's difficult because a small um, team or even a single person can develop an extremely useful plugin yeah. that many, many people want to use, but they may not have the security expertise right. or a, a team big enough to have a security expert on it. And we have a team of 50 volunteers that all have Extensive, expertise yeah. in various security areas. Um, and, and I feel like if we can use that team to help those developers, ultimately our goal of keeping our users secure is better served that way. We'll be right back to talk more about WordPress and about client updating and uh, security and multiple systems working together in just a few minutes. But first, I want to talk about today's fantastic sponsor. Thank you to 
Dolby. Dolby is today's sponsor. Uh, today's users, they want better audio. 90% of digital device users rank sound quality as important across the digital entertainment ecosystem. This means not only when they're sitting in their living rooms, but also when they have their headphones on and they're playing a game or they're watching a video on their mobile device as well. Improving your app or services audio doesn't mean you need better audio assets necessarily. You probably need a better audio codec to make sure your users hear everything. Now here's the amazing thing, this doesn't just go for the living room, it doesn't just go for native apps, it also goes for your browser. And Dolby is supporting your browser today. Asset encoding is easily accomplished with the tools you already use, for example, Adobe Audition, or uh, you can also use Dolby, Dolby Developer's free online encoding utility if you're not used to, uh, if you're not the one who's editing the audio, for example. Uh, the new iPhone 7, for example, supports these new codecs that, that uh, Dolby is developing. So if you don't want your users uh, to miss out on this incredible new audio technology that Dolby is providing, go and check it out, spec.fm slash Dolby. This is Dolby for the browser. Right? It's a normal website browsing. The things that you are uh, are uploading to your website, the, the video and the audio that you're uploading to your, even your WordPress sites can take advantage of uh, these new codecs. So go and check it out, spec.fm slash Dolby. Thank you again to Dolby for sponsoring today's episode of Developer Tea. We work with tons of clients who, who use WordPress and so many problems that they face in retainer phase after we've developed the, the initial project. So many of those problems are because they updated something or they didn't update something and keeping those things in sync and saying, hey, you know, uh, locking this version down is, is really important um, or always updating this particular thing is really important. Always keeping up to date to the latest version of Apache, but not major version upgrades, right? For someone who doesn't understand some of that stuff, uh, that can be a little bit daunting. And it's really interesting to know that, you know, security is um, is the other side of the coin for quality, right? We have uh, actual functionality uh, on the one hand, but on the other hand, if your site is insecure and um, your content gets replaced with a bunch of ads that you probably don't want on your site, then it, it's equally bad, right? So it is it is a extremely important for WordPress developers to be cognizant of this of this kind of stuff. So um, a, as a WordPress developer, thank you to the team and uh, also to GoDaddy for for sponsoring WordPress. GoDaddy is not sponsoring this podcast, by the way. Uh, it can be very clear with that, but they are they're certainly sponsoring the the effort uh, for security on WordPress. Yeah, I mean GoDaddy's been doing a fantastic job of really pushing forward. Uh, some of these open source um, projects like WordPress that um, that so many people are using, and and their um, their sponsorship of WordPress has been has been fantastic. And obviously, I'm I'm thankful for it as well. I've been working with WordPress, being you know involved in Core for uh, ten years now, I guess. Yeah. Um, but that was always 
volunteer time in addition to the work that had to um, pay the bills. And sure. so GoDaddy kind of gave me this opportunity to take what I was already doing, what was already important to me and expand that out and yeah. uh, do it full time. I feel like it's been able, I've been able to help make a pretty big difference because of that. That's great. It's, it's fantastic. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit and, uh, and we're going to do a list like every good article on BuzzFeed has. Uh, if you could list off maybe three or four things that as a developer specifically, uh, I can do or that I, I very likely am the mistakes I would make, um, as it relates to WordPress security, what are those top three or four things that you see? Um, so I like to try to do kind of two different lists here. There's a little bit that's very specific to developers, which I know is, uh, is the majority of the people that are listening, um, which that's getting comfortable with the WordPress specific sanitization and escaping functions, making sure to use those uh, at the proper times, making sure that you're escaping data just before it's displayed, making sure that you're um, sanitizing before it's stored and and making sure that, uh, you know, you're checking capabilities everywhere that you ought to be, not, not just assuming that a user has the capabilities that they have. Um, so those are three big, like, basic things that a developer should always look for. But the thing that I've found is that even as developers, and I've been doing web development for 16 years now, um, and even working in security all the time, uh, we often fall prey to the same really basic security issues that every regular user falls to, which is that um, bad we get, passwords. We get lazy with yeah. passwords. Mm -hmm. We have so many of them. Um, if you have any passwords that are not in your password manager, you're doing it wrong, right? Yeah, because yeah. you can't have long, random, unique passwords without using a password manager. Are you turning on two-factor everywhere and adding that to your WordPress sites? Um, it's really easy to add and it makes such a massive difference. And are you keeping everything up to date? Even as developers, we often, you know, like you mentioned earlier, we, we think that we want to lock this to a specific version because it's what we've tested and what works. And that's great as long as you are making sure to test and deploy updates quickly. Mm -hmm. um, but otherwise, there's a reason that WordPress automatically updates yeah. for security releases because it makes a huge difference. We are constantly putting in roadblocks to stop the bad guys from getting in your sites. And if you're not making use of that, um, you're, you're really tying our hands as a security team. Sure. Yeah. Cause if you're using three, three versions ago, WordPress, that's like the, the beta release or something like exactly. that, you're probably going to get into some trouble. Exactly. I, I'll, I'm going to add to that, uh, to that specific point and say, uh, understanding the difference between a major release or a feature release and a security release. And the WordPress versioning system isn't quite the same as everyone else's. Mm. That last digit, so 4.7.4, that second four, uh, anytime that number's changing, go ahead and update. Um, the other two numbers, the first two, those are our major version numbers. Um, those will have new features as well as Potential security. deprecations. Exactly. And that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, we're 
we really focus on backwards compatibility. Yeah. So deprecations are really rare in WordPress, but that is where they could potentially happen. Sure. Yeah. And it is pretty incredible if you if you update WordPress. On the average case, you hardly ever are seeing, you know, serious problematic deprecations at least. I have I have plugins that were written for 10 major versions of WordPress ago and haven't needed any changes or tweaks yeah. um, because everything just continues to work. Yeah, which is pretty incredible. And some of those uh, those plugins that everybody uses, they haven't been touched in years because uh, so much of that underlying API for developer, the developer private API is is still basically what it what it was yep. back then, or at least it's backfilled. So you have and and that's really what it is. It's not necessarily that those things haven't changed, but we've been very careful to make sure that we have that sort of compatibility layer so that aliasing and that kind of thing. Even yeah. if it has changed, and you've got uh, you know you can make use of cool new stuff, um, the things that you were using before still work. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a couple more questions to ask you, and then we'll we'll wrap this thing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the questions that I like to ask every guest that actually comes on the show. Uh, the first one is, uh, if you could have people talk to you about one thing more often, what do you wish more people would ask you about? You know, I, and it doesn't have to be development related, by the way. No, but it is actually. I th- and I think that so I'm in this security position, but it's because it's something that I'm passionate about, um, and I think that. I guess give me a minute to to sort of set that stage. The um, the web is no longer something that's fun or a novelty, right? Mm, it started yeah. out that way, but now it is a basis that we build large parts of our lives and our livelihoods yeah. on. It is something that has become um, a basic sort of utility like mm-hmm. running water and electricity right um so the future of that i think is extremely important to our future they're they're very much tied together and therefore the security of that that makes sure that future exists safely is important so i yeah. i really wish that more people were asking me about the the simple things, those things that I was talking about just a little bit ago, you know, better passwords and two-factor authentication, keeping things up to date. I wish people were asking me about what those simple things that they could do that are big wins security-wise, mm-hmm. but are simple and easy to do. Um, I sort of try to throw those out to people all the time anyway, but I wish that people were more interested and asked about it more often. Well, it's the gravity of the situation that people typically don't understand because Mm -hmm. it is, it's, uh, you know, especially for, for our generation, we grew up without internet and then it came along and it's, it feels very much like, uh, almost like a toy, right? Even still, uh, there are parts of it that feel not serious to me. Um, And, and, and stop and think about the fact there will never be another generation that, that does that. The internet is now available from birth on to everyone. And it's very similar to teaching your children how to lock the door, right? Mm-hmm. Teaching them about a, a smart password. They could have even more detrimental uh, circumstances than if somebody were to come and rob their house, if, if they get their identity stolen online exactly. or something like that. Yeah. Very yeah. important. Uh, so, so a piece of homework then maybe um, would be to go and, and do a quick audit 
even of your your five most important uh, uh, passwords, but certainly the ones that if you're reusing passwords on multiple sites, uh, that's a very common mistake that people make. They forget about a password or uh, especially, for example, your email. If somebody gets access to your email, then there are still a lot of services that they can go and reset your password on and they'll get the email because now they can read your email and then uh, they'll be able to click and reset. the. And so this is why things like two-factor yep. authentication are so important. Exactly. Right? But a, a very simple piece of, of, uh, of homework would be to go and invest in whatever password manager. Do you have a specific one you like? I like LastPass. Okay, um, yeah. A lot of people that are heavy into the sort of Apple ecosystem like 1Password. Yep. Um, I definitely don't care near as much about which one you use sure. more that you use one. Yeah, yeah. And we, we use 1Pass uh, or 1Password because we have, um, it's like a, there's some team account functionality in there. Mm -hmm. You can share the the vaults and that kind of stuff. Yep. And LastPass has that too. Yep. Okay. But there yeah. you go. So it doesn't really it doesn't really matter. But the, these the the point is, you know, longer than eight characters or longer than twelve characters or however long you want to make it, uh, certainly longer than eight is is kind of like the the minimum standard, right? Yeah. Well, and once you start using a password manager, length won't matter anymore, which is what's so amazing. And when I tell people that. Uh, almost all my passwords, except where it's not allowed, basically all my passwords are 50 random characters. Yeah. People, like their mind gets blown. But the truth is, it once, doesn't you, matter to you. once yeah. you start using a password manager, length is no longer an issue. And so you might as well make it long. Yeah. It's very similar to the, to the concept of the, uh, of the touch ID, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you, if you were to actually look at the generated data behind that touch ID, it, it would be so long that it would be impossible to replicate. Right. right? Same concept. Very cool. So, so, um, if you, if you meet Aaron, uh, and he, at a, at a WordPress camp or something like that, uh, is, am I saying WordCamp? Sorry. Uh, if, if you meet Aaron at, at something like that, then ask him about more about security and about the simple things you can do, uh, to, to make your stuff more secure, your site and also your personal accounts, the, your Facebook, whatever your, whatever services you use. Absolutely. Uh, the second question I like to ask every every guest that comes on the show is if you had 30 seconds of advice, which I feel like maybe we've covered this, but <laughs> if you had 30 seconds of advice to give to every developer, what would you say? Oh, that's a, that one's a little bit tougher. I mean, I guess that the 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 biggest thing is no matter what cool, neat thing you're developing, um, consider the security of it every step of the way. It's so easy to be so focused on developing this cool thing um, that you deal with security at the end. Like you finish yeah. it and then you try to make it secure. But the best way to do it is to think about it every step along the way. And it will not only you'll not only end up with a more secure product, but it will be easier to uh, really integrate the security as you go. Yeah, it's very important. I, I agree. It's very similar to the way that um, we used to think about mobile, right? You yep. do uh, your whole site and you go back and make it mobile friendly, right? So let's do security first and then mobile first or mobile second, I guess. Sure, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or or just do it all, you know, the full, the, the agile methodology way, which is do the whole stack all the way through yeah. uh, to a sufficient quality. If, if, your end, if your end goal is to have something that is secure and good on mobile and good on desktop, you should really be thinking about all of those the whole way through. Sure. And just build something smaller that meets all of those goals to begin with. Yep. Yeah. 
we say it on the show all the time, build smaller things and, uh, and compose the smaller things together. And eventually you'll realize the value of small allows you to focus on the quality of every piece of it rather than taking on all that debt. It is technical debt. If yep. you have to go back and re-implement security, go back and re-implement mobile, go back and re-implement, you know, whatever things that you wanted, you're, you're going to find that you have uh, far more refactoring and far more work to do than you ever imagined that you would have to do uh, in those spaces. So it's, it is absolutely essential to be thinking about those things from day one. Absolutely. Aaron, thank you so much for the time on the show. And, yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, and uh, I will definitely see you around the conference. All right. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Developer T. Thank you. A huge thank you to Aaron Campbell for coming onto the show and sharing uh, his experience and his knowledge with us. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Dolby for sponsoring today's episode of Developer T. Remember, good audio assets are not only for the, the living room or for the theater. They're also for your applications and for the browser. Go and check out what Dolby is offering at spec.fm slash Dolby. Thank you for listening. I hope you will uh, subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. We release three episodes a week, uh, so it's easy to miss if you're not subscribed, go ahead and subscribe in whatever podcasting app you use. And until next time, enjoy your team. <laughs>